This is a Payone Media production. I mean, you know, you can listen to us in one ear or something, Jeff. Like, come on, man. You got multiple devices. You can make this work. <laughs> hey, bro. Let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. So I think we need some sort of new system, possibly, to keep track of notes versus show notes. I mean, maybe that just means that I make a second Google Doc to make the show notes in and then move them over or something. Because uh, for those who don't know, Demasi and I discovered about 30 minutes ago that we had no talking points. <laughs> and we had thought we were saving talking points over the last couple of weeks. Oh, and Demasi, with this clubhouse setup that I have, uh, if I sound distracted, it's because I only have you in my left ear for some reason. Um uh, like That's all, weird. all sounds are in my left ear, not in stereo, which makes zero sense to me, but I don't got time to figure it out today. <laughs> that is super weird. It is. It is. And it sounds like you're sitting on my left shoulder. Kind of creepy. Just saying. Don't try to be my conscience. <laughs> buy the Mac Studio. I will not buy the Mac <laughs> Studio. So I've been using the Mac off and on over the last couple of weeks, though. Uh, I don't think a Mac Studio is in my future. But before we get into that, where can people find show notes, Demasi? Yourownpay.com slash DM90. Now, weren't you going to say something about DM90? Yeah, DM90, man. It means after this one publishes, we have 10 more episodes and then we're done. No more. Because what people don't realize is the only reason me and Michael even talk to each other is because we have to do this show every two weeks. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, you know, we, we wouldn't even communicate. So we said we were going to make it to 100 and then we're done. We accomplished 100 published podcast episodes and we're going to go on with our separate lives. Now, I want you to call Mallory and tell her that. Oh. <laughs> Cuz I don't think she'll believe you. <laughs> so I've been using the Mac regularly. Uh well, semi regularly. I've got mixed feelings about it. Let me ask you, how was your experience coming into CleanFeed today? Did you run into that issue that I experienced with Zendesk? Uh, no, actually. Remind That's me of the weird. issue you experienced with Zendesk. Remember when I answered the call, I couldn't do anything with Chrome because it kept saying Chrome not responding? Oh, no, no, no. So when I click join um, or start, I think is what it says. When I click start in clean feed, it popped up and said, clean feed would like to access your microphone. And I click uh, allow. Mm -hmm. And because I had not yet given Chrome uh, and I'm using Chrome beta for anybody listening. Um, because I hadn't given Chrome access to my microphone, I got that dialogue pop up second saying Chrome would like to access your microphone. Once it has access to it and everything else that it, you know, it can allow other apps, to, uh, pages Website. to have access. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that was it. And then I was in and I heard you and then I went and adjusted my microphone and then I started talking. So Demasi, why didn't Chrome have access to your microphone? Because I wiped my Mac Mini on a site. So I'm going to get to why I did this. But spoiler, like some of the crap that I was erasing it and resetting it back up for, I uh, didn't fix it. So, uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Apple, I kind of need you to get it together a little bit. 
just a little bit, just a little bit. So I did wipe my machine. I actually wiped it this morning. So I did the preparation uh, Friday, which was essentially just setting up carbon copy cloner uh, or cloning a getting a clone over to there. Uh, this morning, I didn't wipe it last night, which I was going to uh, mm. because I remembered I had a bunch of tabs open in Safari that I wanted to save mm. uh, doing research on one of the things we're going to probably maybe talk about later with Gravity Forms. I uh, was just doing a lot of different research. So I wanted to dump all of those links uh, somewhere. So I did that this morning uh, using the one of the great Markdown service tools from Brett Terpstra. Um, Safari links, Safari tabs to links. So what it does is it will grab the frontmost window and all tabs in the frontmost window in Safari and then write those out as markdown links uh, in the place that you happen to be. So I was just in drafts and I hit, um, what's the shortcut? VO shift M, bring up the menu, went to services, went to mark MD, uh, Safari tabs to links and then just tap return and it yanked all those out and I could go back to Safari, close that window and get to the next window and just did that repeatedly. I think I had like five windows open with a total of something like 87 tabs altogether. <laughs> so dumped all of that, some of which I didn't need, but I was like, I'm just going to dump it. Got all of that saved. Then I proceeded to wipe my Mac and I went the long way around for uh, people listening right now. If you're on a M1 or a Mac with a T2 chip. So I believe those are 2017 or later models. Um, you can go into on in Monterey also. You have to be running Monterey, I think. Believe that's what I remember reading. But you can go to system preferences and erase all content, sort of like what you do on the phone. And that will erase all of your data from the Mac and put you back at the startup screen. I wanted a complete fresh install of mac os monterey because i felt like i probably got a few bad bits because a couple of weird things happened here and they're like i can be typing in a window or navigating in a in an app window and all of a sudden the previous app or some random app is open i mean at least the app is already open but some, some <laughs> random app all of a sudden just steals focus uh and i do not have a cat so there's not a cat walking across my keyboard or my mouse pad so <clears throat> don't know what that's about i have a cat that walks across my mixing board Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He just wants to hit the sliders. He's like, oh, this feels nope, great on my Nope, feet. it wants okay. to hit the PFL buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you want to hear this before the faders, man, before the faders. Yeah, yeah, but I want to hear everything before the faders. Like, if you're going to do it, go through and do it good and hit all the PFL buttons. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll spend a while trying to figure out what button did you push this time? <laughs> <laughs> whoa what? yeah pfl is not fun i no. just hit it on you and like you went super loud oh is that is that bad like uh i mean it, it was too loud because i couldn't adjust you it's like you were oh. you were extremely loud uh, oh okay hello I mean, edward in him. clubhouse by the way yep. hello everybody in clubhouse thanks for listening yeah you're listening to dm 90 yeah, ping everybody. We're just hanging out having a party. Except I can't hear you, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't listen anyway. Right. <laughs> no, Not thanks everybody that is hanging out. Did did Mr. Bishop nope. show up? I can't believe this. <laughs> we jumped through all these hoops so Jeff could listen to the show uh -huh. because he he's like, Are you yeah. guys streaming tonight? Like, yeah, Jeff, we're gonna And we're and gonna he talk didn't call me today. He called me last week. I, w I figured he would have called me today. I mean he was busy with leadership stuff, but still. 
you know. Oh, yeah, there's an ACB thing going on. Huh? But still. <laughs> but still, man, I mean, you know, you can listen to us in one ear or something, Jeff. Like, come on, man. You got multiple devices. You can make this work. Yeah. And hello, Monica. Oh, wait. Monica. No. No, nope, not I don't Monica. Think, yeah, it sounded like Monica, but I think that's different. Uh, I think it might be Tyann. But anyways, so back to it. You reset your Mac. Yep, reset the Mac, got everything set up. And I called Mike right before I did it. I said, Mike, I'm going to wipe the Mac today. He's like, are you calling me to give you a reason not to do it? I was like, no, I just wanted to let you know. He's like, because we are recording tonight. I said, I know. That's why I'm telling you. (laughs) Just in case. Uh, But no, got everything set back up. Uh, Essentially, my startup process was, you know, get through the basic setup. I went through system preferences first and adjusted just about everything that I needed to adjust before I even started installing any software. Uh, the only thing I missed was I need to go fix voiceovers. Secondary voice is what I'm going to call it, but like the, the voice you get when you hit like, you know, option T to get the time or something like that because it's super slow. Yeah. Uh, so I need to go adjust that. Uh, but after that, I just went through, uh, went to brew.sh, grabbed a little code and plopped that in and started working. I did have to download a couple of things from the websites directly. Uh, like a barbarian. Yeah, one password beta being one of those. They're not in brew yet. One password is I wasn't certain if the beta that one uh that homebrew was showing me. So I was having a weird issue with homebrew and trying to tap the versions uh repo ah, okay. at first. So uh I couldn't you know, I could have got one password, one password, but I wanted to beta because I've been testing out a feature in one password beta. Uh, I'm not certain if I can say anything about it, so I won't say right. anything more than that. But uh, I wanted that feature back because since I was starting from scratch, I figured it would be a really good time to kind of put it through its paces and see how it works. Uh, so I downloaded one password beta from the web and then I downloaded the sync beta also from the web. But everything else I have installed with Homebrew, uh, including chrome beta and audio hijack oh i had to do the little dance with luke with with, with rogue amiibo's software and and, and reboot oh. do this thing and then reboot again and then reboot one more time and then now i'm done okay jeez uh, <laughs> apple yeah. i really need you to get it together that ain't gonna happen <laughs> so i'm back up and running i still don't have a lot installed because i did not yank my brew file yet michael ah uh, okay because I know there's probably some stuff in it. So what I'm going to do is actually clone that down from GitHub and look at it, edit it, edit it, uh, and remove some stuff that I know I don't want in there and then use it to install, you know, like PHP and the rest of that stuff uh, when I get around to setting up my development environment. Also download a Visual Studio Code. So here's a tip if you, you know, maybe you ran into this already, but, you know, I was thinking... So in my mind, this is the way this works with with uh, VS Code, Visual Studio Code. And I realized the mistake now as I'm saying it. But in my mind up until right now, Visual Studio Code was like the big full blown IDE that you use to make Windows apps with mm-hmm. right from, you know, 20 years ago. It's old software. And VS Code is the code editor that everybody uses. I now realize as I'm saying this that VS uh, Visual Studio is the name of their IDE. That's kind of Windows uh, comparable to Xcode on the Mac. Uh, and Visual Studio Code is the editor. But everybody just says VS Code, so I'm here. Yeah. Brew, Brew search VS Code. No, v- 
Brew Search VS hyphen code. Nope. Well, geez, where the hell is it? You know what? Brew Search Cask code. Oh, Visual Studio Code. Oh. Ah. Brew yeah. Install Cask <laughs> Visual Studio <laughs> and, and And that installed it just fine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just got to spell it out. I, I thought it would be VS Code because that's what everybody calls it. Yep. You know, visual hyphen studio hyphen code. Because VS is a hell of a lot easier to say than Visual Studio Code, especially if you're doing like a tailor and recording videos where you're saying it multiple times in one sitting. VS Code's a lot easier to say. Yeah, and that's how everybody refers to it. So, you know, that's what I assumed to search for. But I said I was going to make an attempt to really use Visual Studio Code on the Mac this time around before I just went back to my default. Hey, this always works. Unfortunately, I have immediately run into a problem that is annoying the crap out of me. Hmm. And I don't know if it's anything that can be fixed without some work from somebody, most likely Microsoft. Um, but I run into that issue when you're selecting text. Like I'm going down line by line because I needed to select a bunch of stuff and delete it out of a config file. So hold down, shift, down arrow, down arrow, down arrow, and it reads every line, deselects it, and then like, so to read, you know, so if I had a list of names, Michael, Taylor, James, Jeff, right? I highlight Michael, hit shift, down arrows. It says Michael selected. I hit down arrow again. I expected to tell me that Taylor is selected, but what it tells me is Michael unselected, Michael and Taylor selected. Ah, so it's doing that dilly right there. And I don't know if there's a way to fit, like if there's like a workaround right now to get, get, get by with that. That's why in the notes it says VS code and uh, community help. Cause if anybody out there knows how to solve this problem, like right now, please tell me if not, I got to abandon VS code until that gets fixed. Yeah. Yeah. I now, do a lot are you, of copying and pasting. Are you running the stable version or are you in beta for VS? Code? Uh, I am running the stable version. Cause I wonder if beta fixes that. I will try that. So if you have any ideas, tweet the show and he may or may not see it, but I will see it and I will tell him if you do. Uh, so we promised each other. Well, I don't want to say promise. That sounds all official and stuff. We told each other that we weren't going to talk long about it. So Demasi, what were your thoughts about that thing that happened on Tuesday? Oh, yeah, the Apple event. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I wrote it here. Apple event. Yeah, that did happen because I kind of forgot about it. Uh, but it was exciting. It was it was a good overall. I think it was a good event. Uh, I like the flow of it. I missed the first, uh, I don't know, five, ten ish minutes of it. So I came in around about the time they were talking about the iPad Air uh, mm. is when I got in. I think they had just like announced the price of the SE. So just a quick recap for everybody. So we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. They opened up with a bunch of stuff about Apple TV, new shows coming up, shows that have been uh, nominated for awards. Baseball uh, on Apple TV. They're getting baseball, Friday night baseball. Uh, if the baseball season ever starts. <laughs> apparently. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, then they went into... Let's see. I don't remember the exact order. I think it was new colors, which is just green. Yep. The iPhone 13 and 13 Pro. Then the iPhone SE got an update. It still has the same body. Still does the... not have UWB. Whoa, it doesn't? Nope. I was hmm. reading an article about it today, and it does not have ultra-wideband. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, still has the same body of the six, seven, eight series of phones. Still has the home ID. I mean, home button with touch ID. 
but they did put the A15 in it, so it's now running the same chip as the 13 series. And 5G. Oh, yeah, and 5G. Yeah, 5G. Uh, let's see. Then the iPad Air, which basically just got updated. Uh, it's now running a M1. Um, what else did they do to it? Oh, it got that center stage thing with the front-facing camera. Oh, yeah. And 5G. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it for the Air. Uh, one interesting thing, though, is like, and I, I I know that at some point, probably this year, things work out for Apple the way they want them to. But, you know, they'll probably it probably won't be until next spring, given how Apple sometimes lets stuff slip. I shouldn't say it that way, but I'm going to leave it that way. Uh, the iPad Pros should be getting updated uh, at some point. But right now it is a really difficult decision when looking at an iPad. And let's say you're you, you want the the smaller iPad Pro or the iPad Air like between those two. I feel like it, it, it becomes a, a tighter decision or a closer decision uh, or more difficult decision. Because they're both roughly right at the same size right. screen. Um, the iPad Air is a little bit cheaper. They both have the same chipset. Uh, and I think a lot of the underlying differences that are there, most people wouldn't know know about them or maybe not even care about them. But in a lot of cases, I don't think they would know the difference because they both have USB-C. Um, or USB-C ports. The iPad Air Pro actually has a Thunderbolt port, so it's doing Thunderbolt speeds over that port. Uh, hmm. The iPad Air just got updated to USB 3.1 Gen 2, which, I, if I'm not mistaken, is 10 gigabit uh, a second. Um, but I could be wrong about that. It's either 5 or 10 gigabits a second uh, is what that has. So Thunderbolt... Four, which is what I think the iPad Air, I mean, iPad Pro has is like uh, 40 gigs a second. It's probably actually doing 20, but that's still significantly right. faster. But other than those two things, well, the camera array, I think, is a little little different on the Pro, too. But it's a, you're looking at a... $200 difference. Yeah. For yeah, not so, a lot. Yeah, and, unless you really care about, like, LiDAR in your camera or something like that. Like, it become they're, they're so close together now to where it kind of doesn't make sense. It's sort of like when, when it's kind of like with the TouchBook MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air. It's like, why would you really go up to the Pro? Did you just call it a TouchBook? Did I say a TouchBook? I mean, Touch Bar. <laughs> <laughs> the Touch Bar MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air. Like, essentially, right now, today, as we're talking, they're the same machine with the exception of the MacBook Pro has a fan and it has that touch bar. Well, unless you really, really love the touch bar, like, why would you buy that computer? Right. Like, it's a hard, I don't understand why it sits in the lineup the way it does being essentially the exact same computer right now. Uh, You know, they could do something tomorrow that makes it different, but right now it's the same computer. I would say save yourself some money and buy air. Um, cause I still haven't heard the fan on my computer and I've been, you know, rendering video and audio files and all I've tried to make the fan spin and I hadn't heard it. So, you know, but I can't easily get voiceover to say such and such chap not responding. Well, you know, that's a thing. Yes. Sometimes yes, it, it lies too. Just so right. Right. So cause lies. you know, it's responding, but voiceover tells you it's not responding. That has happened to me a few times. Yeah, yeah, that's happening a lot with Chrome for me right now. Uh, uh, especially trying to fill in with one password, and this is recent, so I think a Chrome update has has glitched something because that hasn't been normal. 
but after the iPad Air, we get into the new chips, which we'll link to that because I don't know enough about chips to really get right. into that conversation unless Mike has something to say about it. But we get the new Apple computer. Yes. It's not a Mac Mini. wasn't an updated Mac Mini. Nope, we didn't see that. We didn't see a Mac Pro. Although I thought for a while that's what that was. <laughs> uh, no iMac, no nothing. What we got is a whole new computer from Apple called the Mac Studio. By all accounts, everybody says it looks like two Mac, two and a half Mac Minis uh, high is about how tall it is and about roughly the same size as a Mac Mini. So if you've seen a, any recent Mac Mini, you know, you got an idea of, of what this computer probably looks like. It's interesting. Starts at two grand, uh, runs either the M1, what is it, the M1 Max or the M1 Ultra, which is the up, updated chip that they also announced before they got into the computer. I don't know. The M1 processor naming is about as confusing as the iPad Pro and iPad Air for me. Yeah, I, I think they maybe could have done a little. You know, Max seems like that's the that's the top of the line, right? So then you come in with Ultra, and it's like, wait a minute. So Ultra is better than Max, but why would you not name that Max? Max seems maximum, right? That's that's <laughs> as far as it goes, right? We're gonna push it to the Max. Well, there's nothing past the Max, right? You can't. I don't. I don't get it. But yeah, M1 Max and M1 Ultra uh, is what this computer runs, and essentially it's just a box. Like it's just a box with a. Uh, I mean, admittedly, a hell of a chip in it. Uh, yeah. Thunderbolt, let's see. So to me, it's sort of, it should have to me been, the, and I'm really confused by Apple's line. I'm like, there's a lot of confusion. I, I was excited to see this computer because I think it's going to fit a lot of people's workflows. I did for a while until uh, the guy said at the end what he said about the Mac Pro. I did think like, oh, well, there's the Mac pro i guess <laughs> uh we're done right no <laughs> but so essentially what you get with this computer is a choice of two different chips uh the basic layout of the computer you got four thunderbolt four ports on the back two usb a ports on the back uh hdmi headphone audio out uh and 10 gig ethernet and they put ports on the front uh two usb c Depending on the chip you get, oh, two USB-C and a SD card slot. But depending on the chip you choose, the M1 Max chip, is they're just USB-C ports on the front. If you get the M1 Ultra, then those become uh, Thunderbolt 4 ports on the front. Uh, so all in all, fairly nice. Starts at two grand. I think is a reasonable price for what you get. Considering if you go buy a laptop with an M1 Max in it, you're looking at, I think, at minimum 2500 bucks. So, Yeah. yeah. And then they also released, and this disappoints me because it's what I was most excited about, and that is a $1,500 display. Now, I'm not going to use this display. What do they call it? The studio display? Is that what it's the, called? Uh, Apple Studio Display. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it has uh, center stage in it, so it does. I believe it did, didn't it? Yes, I think so. I, yeah, I think yeah, it did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it has the A13 in processor in it. Yep. It has speakers, decent microphone. Uh, it's a 27 inch display, and it will work with Windows. For those Windows people who just want an Apple display, seems a little weird to me. But I mean, if that's what you want, uh, you can. Just saying, LG has a pretty 
comparable display too for about half the cost. But the thing is, is that's what I was excited about. Uh, but I'm not buying any new Apple products right now. Yeah, I'm I'm not buying anything right now. Uh, I I don't even I and funny thing I think I said this to you a couple of days before that before the event I was like I think my next Mac purchase is probably going to be a laptop. Mm. Yep. Uh, and they dropped the M1 Studio. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. That that looks kind of nice. I have to think about this. I'm still not <laughs> ready to buy anything. I don't have a need to buy anything at the moment, so. Uh, I'm not. The monitor is interesting. It's actually a little cheaper than I thought it was going to yes, be. Yes, me too. Uh, given the way that they were hyping it up. Uh, for those super interested, it is using the same panel as the um, used to be sold 27-inch iMac uh, and iMac Pro. So it is using that actual LG panel. So it's the same panel as an LG monitor. Uh I would say this, if you're a Windows user, I would not buy the Apple monitor because none of the fancy stuff that comes along with that monitor will you be able to take advantage of, such as center stage, because I don't think there's no I don't know how that works. Yeah. But then again, what do I know? They do have an A13 chip in it, so maybe it'll do center stage all by itself without (laughs) supporting software on your device that it's connected to. Well, you know, you can join FaceTime calls in the browser, so maybe they can. Oh, that'll be be just like Apple. You buy it, you connect it to a Windows computer, and then it only works if you're doing a FaceTime call through the browser. Yeah. And then you'll get uh, center stage. Otherwise, it just works <laughs> as a regular webcam. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that, that was the event. They wrapped it up in about an hour. It was a quick, tight event. I, I was surprised with how quickly we got through everything, uh, and I was also slightly underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean... So I hadn't been following the rumors, so I didn't know any of what was going on. I knew what people were expecting, but that was also kind of what I was expecting. Uh, And we got basically none of that Mm -hmm. uh, because they are still. So they have stopped selling the Intel iMac. That is gone uh, unless you find it in refurb or from a third party. They are still, however, selling the Intel Mac Mini, which makes no sense because I was like, that computer replaces that computer. Yeah, not quite. Studio replaces that, right? That that should just go away, and apparently not. So, um, little again, confusing, right? The lineup makes no sense um, whatsoever. Why are you not still selling the Intel iMac? People actually want that computer. Yeah. But anyway, that's the event, and we um, covered it in less than ten minutes. Well, great, because it felt like it was taking a long time. <laughs> yeah, I had to look at the time because I, I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, man, we, we said we weren't going to talk about this for very much. but uh, And if Jeff is listening, we will talk about gravity forms No, we're not because you weren't here. There you go. There you go. Hey, I like that. I'm, I'm maybe, moving it down the dock now. <laughs> maybe next time he'll actually show up or he'll show up next week when we're not recording. <laughs> Hey, where are you guys at? You're not streaming? <laughs> Maybe I should be nice to him and actually go Hi, schedule Jeff. the event. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I forgot about the uh, ACB conference. Be- or, yeah, uh, what leadership. is going on? Yeah, what is ACB doing this weekend, actually? ACB is doing our annual DC leadership meeting. And because of things going on in the world, okay. I won't dance around it. Because of COVID and concerns with COVID, uh, we decided, well, 
ACB leadership decided that we were going to do it virtual, which is awesome. Uh, I did a presentation today with uh, Brian Charleston and uh, Thomas Reed. I, I'm horrible with names, but I did a presentation. The three of us talked about podcasting and using podcasting for your chapters, uh, affiliates, or for business or for personal. And it was, uh, I think it turned out to be a pretty good event. And uh, we've been doing some other leadership calls. And that's going to be today, tomorrow, Monday, and Tuesday. Ah, okay. So that's where Jeff is, yeah. probably. Although it ended three hours ago, I mean five hours ago, so he ah uh, uh, yeah. well you know maybe he's asleep or maybe he's planning for tomorrow. I'll there give him the benefit go. of the doubt. Okay, we'll see if we get to gravity forms. <laughs> no, I'll push it down the document already. Yeah. I'm starting to use this as like one of those. I'm just moving the cheese every every recording. Like, nope, not this week, Jeff. Nope, not this week. I'll keep them listening, got, though. Got, got to, <laughs> hey, Jeff, if you go to yourownpay.com slash support and you support us at yourownpay.com slash support, I will make Demasi talk about gravity forms. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone goes there, I'll, I'll, I'll convince Demasi to talk about gravity forms. Uh, yeah, one thing I have been doing is moving. It's, this is really funny. So to me, at least it's funny. Uh, or ironic, maybe, maybe a better term. So I have been planning a move away from Google Drive and not not 100% away from Google Drive because I have started to rely more and more on Google Docs. Uh, and I actually have uh, customers who are, you know, they're kind of embedded in Google Drive. So you know, we'll leave that where it is. But for my personal storage and for business documents and things of that nature, I have started uh, planning and I actually started this week moving stuff over to Sync.com's uh, service. Uh, we've talked about Sync before. Probably the most recent time would have been DM87. I think we kind of had a deep discussion about it. But um. While I am planning and have been planning uh, on moving away from Google Drive and more on sync, I got a couple of people in my life that are fairly close friends of mine that have all of a sudden decided, hey, Google Drive is great. Uh, now, granted, Demasi's been on Google Drive since, I don't know, like 2016 when I right? was rage quit Dropbox because uh, I did rage quit Dropbox, to be fair about it. I, I talked about it on the show and it was very, you know, articulated and in, in, or at least I think it sounded somewhat articulate and, and reasoned. But I really just rage quit Dropbox. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, five years later, here they're like, oh, man, Google Drive is pretty amazing. I'm like, yeah, that was over there now. Damn, mm, I'm yeah, moving yeah. along. So, Mike. Being one of those people, how's your transition, you know, into Google Drive? One, how far? One, actually, let's back up. What prompted you to make the move to oh, start consolidating? Oh, you're going to make Drive? me explain that, huh? Okay, so two things prompted me, uh, kind of working in conjunction. One, I wanted to work on a Reaper project, but I didn't have a thumb drive handy, and then I remembered where one is. But the point is, I wanted to work on that project that had been created on Windows. It's got some kind of caveman or something. You talking about free? thumb drives who has those yeah i know i know i know i'm too poor to buy one of those fancy uh uh usb hard drives anyway so i decided to throw all of my documents into google drive this was also quickly followed up by me taking a call for work and my computer not responding and that was the 
straw that broke the camel's back or however that saying goes. And I said, well, maybe I should reset my computer too. It's about that time. So earlier this week, I grabbed all of my documents out of my documents folder, made a new folder in Google Drive called Documents, and I just copied and pasted. And that took about three hours to upload everything to my Google Drive. Uh, I think I told Demasi that I was getting frustrated with how long it took, and then all of a sudden the files just started going really fast because uh, it had gotten past all the media files. So that gives me my files, a, a unified documents option on both the Mac and Windows. And I could use iCloud. Yes, I hear some of you out there saying, well, why don't you use iCloud? Nobody's uh, saying that. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> so the voice in my head is saying, why don't you use iCloud? And my thought is, is I don't know if I can trust Apple with their networking. And honestly, if I can avoid putting iCloud control panel on this Windows computer, I think I'd be happy with that. So now all my files are in Google Drive. How it's gone for me is fairly well, aside from when I opened Google Docs today and couldn't find anything because Google Docs said, oh, you have documents in your Google Drive now. So those documents need to show up in Google Docs. And I'm like, no, Google, Google, they do not. I will, I will add them to Google Docs if I want them there. That didn't quite work out. So I now have all my files though in documents in a documents folder under my drive in Google Drive, and I'm able to access everything from either computer. I can edit documents and save things, and as long as I keep that process where all of my documents are saved on either or on Google Drive, they're available on either the Windows computer, the Mac, or if I really felt ambitious, I could download Google Drive to my phone. I don't have it there, but. It's gone fairly well. I, I'm curious, why didn't you record from the Mac today? Mm, I don't have an answer for you. I, I really don't know why I did not record from the Mac today. Were you just already on the Windows computer doing stuff to get it set back yeah, up? Yeah, I think and, that's really what it was. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But next show, I'm going to record from the Mac. I'm saying it here. How is that experiment going as far as using the Mac? I know you did just reset up the Windows computer, but I, I feel like you did it also because things are probably going fairly well using the Mac. Things are going fairly well with me using the Mac. Um, hopefully Mallory has her headphones on and didn't hear that. So that way she doesn't, as she's taking them off. So that way she doesn't think we need to go buy a brand new MacBook, but things are going fairly well. Uh, voiceover has a couple of challenges that frustrate me sometimes, especially when it comes to web browsing. Uh, but aside from that, things are going fairly, fairly well. I'm not sure if I'm going to switch over to the Mac fully, especially if I get windows working properly, but it's, it's, doable so what what highlight for some of the things that you're finding annoying with voiceover like where, where are the rough edges from you for you the rough edges for me are two things number one and and this could come down to me not being uh, as competent with voiceover as i am with jaws full transparency i've used jaws for oh man i want to think about it 21 years now Man, that that gets me a headache. I, I feel when they had the shark logo. Man, <laughs> don't even uh, enter Joyce. Yes, hj.com. Anyways, uh, so 
when I'm using the Mac, for example, if I'm reading through an article and I want to go back up to the top of the page, my thought is, oh, that must be command VO FN left arrow. Uh, and, and maybe that's the wrong command, but that takes me up to like the top of a section in a page. And then I have to do it again to get up to the top of the page. Again, could be my lack of knowledge of voiceover commands. Uh, the table thing that we talked about last week drove me crazy, but we did get the, or last time drove me crazy, but we did get that figured out. Uh, the Chrome not responding is an issue for me, especially when it comes down to me trying to take calls. But there are a couple of positive things. When I'm using Zendesk, for example, I can do a hotspot and quickly press VO0 to get to the hangout button. And that seems to be consistent when I can actually answer calls. Uh, it looks like VO9, if I set that as a hotspot, will jump me over to the accept button when I need to answer a call. So there's pros and cons, I will admit, one of the things I really missed on the Mac, and I'm glad to have it back, is LaunchBar. That will totally transform your productivity. You can get anything done in LaunchBar, it seems like. And then uh, now that I'm understanding Loopback a lot better, I almost think I should have recorded on the Mac, but, you know. Yeah. Are you listening anyone that works for Apple? This guy has been using Windows uh, at least for the past what is it three years man it, seems like, it don't seem like it's been that long but it probably has been it has long. been yeah because yeah. you were on windows before the pandemic and the pandemic so, took like you know 2020 took like 10 years in real time so man you've been on windows for a long time <laughs> uh i switched back to windows full time when i got the job at bicoastal because i was using windows at bicoastal all the time too so 2019 yeah, so he's been on Windows full time, not touching. I mean, literally not touching a Mac at all during during that that time period up until here recently. Uh, so, and one of the things that he's most excited about is not a thing that you're doing, Apple, but a thing that a third party developer has created to make your platform better. You know, I just want to say, consider that a little bit. Yeah, you know, when you when you're doing things, the way you're handling business, and and the way you make some of these third party guys feel uh, well. People, I'm sorry. The way that you make some of these third-party developers feel, uh, consider that because he's right. Like one of the reasons I have not actually left the Apple ecosystem is mostly due to third-party software. Don't get me wrong; I like macOS. macOS overall as an operating system is I, I I like it, but I've heard a lot of good things from you and other people recently about Windows and just you know for the types of things that I was annoyed with windows about when i left it um you know a lot of that has gotten better seems like some things are slightly improved on the screen reader side to a point huh. like they've kind of leapfrogged yeah you know used to be we were coming to the mac in droves for a while for those of us who could you know who were fortunate in some way to be able to get a mac we would come to the mac in droves because voiceovers navigation and, and and document rendering uh was was in a lot of ways better um there were still rough edges even back then, and there still are. But in a lot of ways, it was just better. The experience felt better. Uh, but I'm hearing a lot of good things about Windows. Narrator, you know, has mm. come a long way since the last yeah. time I touched it. Yeah. Uh, but one of the reasons that keeps me in the Apple ecosystem or, or makes me, I, I will say this, one of the things that has kept me from 
you know, a couple of years ago, just wiping my MacBook Pro and installing Windows and just turning that laptop into a Windows computer is, you know, third-party software. Text uh, Expander works. Text Expander, I, I could probably, it, it works. Yeah, I think it probably for you, it's, 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 a, it's an <laughs> excellent experience compared to the way things have been going on Windows. Uh, I could honestly probably figure out a way to get by without Text Expander. Things that I could not evade, though, no, like loop back. Like if Apple in some future update of Mac OS fixes it in such a way that rogue amoeba cannot make this work. Like I probably I'm done. Oh, that's yeah. it. Like that'll yeah. be the, the like you uh, just said, that'll be the straw to break the camel's back. The terminal though. Cause that's another thing that I really like on Mac OS compared to, Oh Windows. man, they got the windows subsystem for Linux now. Yeah. But the experience is still better for me. At least I need to play with windows subsystem for Linux more, but the experience for me is better on the Mac when using terminal. I, I can dig that. I can dig that. I'm, 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 I was just throwing out like because I don't know anything about the, the uh, WSL. Like I just threw it out there. But honestly, on Windows though, you can run Android apps. Yeah, so through Amazon doing Store. Oh. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people complaining about why aren't you using iCloud? It's like nobody cares about those apps. Uh, but seriously, if they kill Rogamiba's ability to work, like a uh, the audio capture engine just cannot work in a future version of Mac OS, like that probably will be the day that I'm just like, you know what? I throw my hands up. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go run Linux as a, as a, <laughs> as a desktop platform. It's doable. <laughs> it is doable. It is doable. But the thing, like a lot of things I could work around, right? Like there's software to try to accomplish some of what, what Rogue Amoeba stuff does on, on Windows, like loopback audios. There's virtual audio cable. There's a few other pieces of software that could possibly solve, resolve those problems with audio. Uh, not something I want to go do necessarily, mm-hmm. but it, it, it could be done. Uh, you know, push come to shove, and I really needed a reliable development you know, machine to be in a terminal doing stuff. Like I would just spin up a Leno to just pay five bucks a month and just connect to that. There you go. Uh, you know, putty is still a thing on windows. That actually was not bad. The last time I used it, granted it was windows seven. Probably, it's not bad so. with NVDA. So, uh, you know, there, there are ways to make it work, but things like rogue amoeba software, you know, keep me over here. Drafts is an app that keeps me over. I need to install that too. I haven't installed, reinstall that. Launchbar messages, fantastical. Man, launchbar though. Seriously. It's like my <laughs> computer. You don't know how difficult it was for me the first hour that I was working on this computer with no launch bar installed. Because I was like, I'm oh, not I gonna know. install it till I get to where I need to be at and start installing apps. Yeah. And every time I had to go, oh, I need to go open up terminal so I can do this. My fingers would start going, command space. Oh, wait, nope, don't press that because it's not gonna do anything. Hold mm-hmm. on. Wait a minute. You gotta, uh, you gotta go to the finder. You gotta command tab the finder and hit command shift U to go to utilities. Then type T E and there's terminal. Uh, yeah, uh, that is so many keystrokes compared to command space T. <laughs> man, man, and you know I haven't even gone through and tweaked like because I usually so this I think may be a good tip for people who, who try launch bar even if you have been a long time launch bar user, you can go into the index and turn off and you can turn off but you can also dial back some of what launch bar searches so for example with documents like i only have it search my home folder uh if i go to launch bar and let's say i type uh i don't know if i type dm for example Mm -hmm. 
it's not going to dig all the way down into all of the DM episodes that are in the Google Drive folder just by default because I have it only searched like two levels deep in a folder. So unless I'm in the DMS folder in Google Drive, it's not going to pull up all those episodes that we have stored in there. Yep. Uh, so there, there's things like that, turning off specific categories that you know you're never going to use. Like I turn off reminders. You don't need to search that. You don't need to search my calendars. Like I don't use any of those features, so I turn those off in the index. Um, you can, custom search templates are amazing. Custom search templates are amazing. Or or if I remember right, and I haven't used it enough, but it, correct me if wrong, you can send a message to someone or at least initiate a message from LaunchBar, for yes. example. Or I do know that you can run terminal commands. Well, put in a terminal command that will open terminal and run that command from LaunchBar. So it's all mm-hmm. the time-saving functionality that you get that – helps me at least feel like I'm more productive on Mac OS. Well, if nothing else, it makes it more fun. It's like, cool. Look what <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. So, so just saying, you know, looping back around to the whole thing, developer relations is extremely important. Uh, be kind to your developers. Yes. Be Should kind we say something developers. about Ukraine? Um, we did not last time we recorded, I don't uh, think it was going on the last time. Was it? Court. <laughs> Shit, I don't even know, man. It's been it's been long. So yeah, uh, I guess my my initial thoughts are, you know, we are. I am supportive of Ukraine, and uh, I mean, I kind of feel like it should go without saying, yeah, but like, maybe that, we should that's... at least acknowledge it just to say, like, you know, officially. Uh let let uh, to me, I feel like it should go without saying that we, you know, we we support Ukraine in their defense of their country and their homeland, one hundred percent. We do not support what Russia is doing, and not at all. Yeah, we we our thoughts and prayers are going to those in Ukraine. Absolutely. With that being said, I want to point out something. Uh, a lot of app, de- and, and what made that come to mind, and I said, be, be kind to your developers, is uh, a lot of app, de- there's a, one, there's a lot of Apple developers uh, and developers in general from Ukraine. Uh, mm-hmm. the people behind Clean My Mac, Set App, uh, the uh, folks over at Backpaw are based in the Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of other developer software I have used over the years that are from the Ukraine too, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of developers are donating uh, the full proceeds of their software sales right now to uh, support charities in Ukraine, yeah, to relief efforts. So uh, that's kind of what brought that to mind for me. One thing that I have been doing since I'm resetting up this Mac, I already pay for setup, already pay for a year setup. Um, but for anybody that has setup, or if you've thought about looking at it, one, give it a look, like outside of anything else going on, like take a look at Setup. Seriously, there is so much there. And for that flat price that you pay Setup, you get access to a ton of apps. And they're the full version. There's no light. There's no, you know, we have a premium version, but you get the Express. Uh, you know, everything is a full featured app, ton of stuff in there that's super useful. But for people who have set out, one thing that I have started doing, uh, and I started doing this when I renewed my set out um, life last summer, is even though I may have a license for an app that is in set out, if I install it through set out, then that continues, my usage of that app continues to provide some sort of um Monetization. Uh, monetization to the actual developer. Uh, yeah. I don't understand the formula. I haven't even tried to look it up of how they 
pay out to developers, but it is based off what you're using, not just what you have installed, but what you use. Uh, so uh, even though I own like licenses for Downey and Permute and Mart, uh, I choose to install those through Setup because it continues to support those developers. At the current time, they're donating you know all their proceeds to relief efforts in Ukraine. Also, so I'm installing everything through Setup right now <laughs> that is in Setup. <laughs> Makes um, sense. Yeah. Um. So I have one other topic here that I kind of want to talk to you about, and I didn't even prepare you for it. I don't know if you have anything else. We're about 50 minutes right now, so we could... Let's get to this topic right here, because I told you he was kicking that other topic down to next week. Yeah, so. yeah there you go. Okay, so you're, you see the topic. Let me give you a little bit of backstory before I jump into it, because my cousin uh, passed a contractor's exam for the state of Oregon today. He's been poor. He's, uh, I want to say he's 26 now, and he's been pouring con- concrete since he was about 15, 16, working with his dad. And it's an amazing accomplishment, and congratulations to Keith for that accomplishment of getting his, his contractor's license. Well, he reached out to me on Facebook because, well, you know, my family knows I'm involved in technology. And he said, Hey, I want to get my company name.com and an email address there. Uh, now that I finally passed, I'm, I'm forming my LLC. How do I do that? And you know, I know nothing about concrete. He knows nothing about building web pages. And it's very interesting. You and I've had this discussion a couple of times about how the knowledge that we've acquired over the years can be helpful to people who might not have the knowledge that, that we already have. So my thoughts were, Hey, let's talk with Demasi about this. I know what people need, but since your business is building infrastructure, so I wanted to ask you, Demasi, what your thoughts were on what are essential infrastructure needs for a contract-based company such as what my cousin's involved in, and uh, what would you give someone in, you know, five, ten minutes discussion of what they should go do to get their home on the web so they can start digitally marketing? That's a good question. That's a good question. So very generally speaking, because I, I think we could get a lot more specific, you know, you know, I, I don't know enough about contracting and pouring concrete. And what do you need as a, you know, business owner? Uh, like, what are their requirements? What do they have to have? What are the things that are nice to have versus the things you have to have? So we'll, I'll, I'll keep it, you know, kind of light in general, very general with the things I feel like you absolutely have to have. Um, your cousin absolutely has the right idea. Right? You want a domain for your company and you want your email at your company domain. That is perfect. Those are two things you need to have. So number one, go register a domain. Yep. So go register a domain. Uh, depending on where you register the domain, you do want an email address. I would say the simplest thing for you to do would be to pay somebody for email hosting service, uh, even if it's just for one address. There are ways to just set up a free forwarder for your address and then still be able to send from that address, but that gets extremely convoluted. And mm-hmm. um, the simplest thing is, you know, drop five bucks here or there a month to have an email address with an actual hosted service that provides email service. So those two things are critical, I think. Uh, beyond that, if you don't have an actual website and let's say you don't have the money right now to invest into that website a couple of options exist 
uh, one, there's always WordPress.com, which you can get started with for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, a smaller amount of money will allow you to actually map your domain there. So instead of just forwarding your domain to a something.wordpress.com site, you can actually have your domain uh, and just throw up a quick Think probably five bucks a month to get you that. So we're looking at maybe ten bucks right now. So maybe total twenty five dollars to get yourself going right here. Uh, about fifteen ish for your domain, depending on where you register that and what your extension is. Uh, about five bucks a month for email service, uh, and about five bucks a month to WordPress. And you have yourself a website, an email address, and a domain. And you know, drag some templates around, do something real quick on the computer on a Saturday afternoon and at least have yourself something decent and ready to go. Primarily what you want on that page, other than telling people who you are, is a contact form. Um, and I, I think you're good to go. Uh, actually building out a little bit more on that, like if you have the investment and the time to do it, like Squarespace is an option for some people. Go build a Squarespace site. They give you a lot of the same things. They're about 12 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the, uh, you know, again, going uh, out of this scenario where somebody does not have that technical background experience, like you want to at least get your website or a web page somewhere with somebody that is reliable. Uh, that's why I said WordPress.com is a good option. Squarespace is a good option. Um, you know, anywhere that you can, if, if you know someone that is willing to allow you to put up like just a basic HTML page on a, on, on a web server, that is also an option, but not everybody's going to have that as an option. So again, keeping it general wordpress.com or Squarespace, I think is a good starting point. Even if you keep that up temporarily, like it's just, you know, this is my six months plan right now just to have something out there. Uh, and you want to loop around and get some super custom tailored for you, you know, later on once the money is there. Um, comes to marketing yourself, I would say have some sort of presence where the people you're trying to reach are going to be. So mm-hmm. this could be, link- I would say absolutely create a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get a lot of drive-by stuff on LinkedIn and I'm not even trying. Like, I'm not trying to be funny and I'm also not trying it's to true. be arrogant. It's I'm just true. being serious. I get a lot of drive-by crap and I'm not even trying. Uh, so absolutely create a LinkedIn profile for yourself. Build that out. Explain who you are. And try connecting with other people that are in your industry or in adjacent industries because, you know, decent people are going to share work. Like, me and Mike have some overlapping places, but we're not stepping on each other in any sort of way. Uh, we, I think it's actually good in a lot of ways that we kind of have some overlap because we get to bounce ideas off each other and he understands what I'm talking about and I understand what he's talking about. Uh, but we're not really competing. Like we're, we're just compl- uh, complimenting, uh, Compliment. complimenting each other. Yeah. So, you know, don't go to LinkedIn and just try to find customers, try to find other people who are in, in, in your industry or adjacent industries that, you know, are going to be that accompanying person when you have an idea or, or a problem, you know, you got somebody to bounce an idea off Mm -hmm. of. Um, if your target audience, uh, of people is on Facebook, well, I mean, I guess you got to go to Facebook. You can be like me and be stubborn and not do it. Uh, but really, if you're trying to build a business, like I don't know for a, you know, uh, concrete pour, if that makes a lot of sense uh, to me, I think LinkedIn would be a better place to be. But I'm also not on Facebook, so I don't know if there's like contractor groups on Facebook. There probably well, I are. bet there are contractor groups. But another thing you can do, and, and that comes out to thinking outside the box, is, you know, shoot a quick video that says, here's what it looked like before the pour, after the pour, and then show people the work that you were able to do. 
Mm, there you go. Start a YouTube channel. Yep. Yep. Hey, that is not actually a bad idea. Just generally speaking, like thinking outside of the box as a contractor. One thing that I have noticed some people do, and I, I kind of like to see people step outside of this box. Like anybody can go to, you know, X website, Angie's basement, whatever that site was called. Angie's uh, list. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Angie's but, basement sounds a little too creepy to me. Mm, yeah. I did not mean uh, that was not my intention. Uh, I just, it, it, I was thinking Craigslist and Angie, something else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, make a YouTube video. Like, Hey, here's some work I've done. Or here's what this looked like before we did this. And then come back. Like Mark said, record a video. Here's what it looked like after the pour. But also you could take that time, you know, do some other videos and marketing yourself in a way where like, you're explaining to the average, you explain to me or you're explaining to Michael, like, you know, cause like Mike said, I don't, I mean, I could probably go pour some concrete. It probably wouldn't be done. Right. Right. Uh, if you're like, there's a hole, fill it up with some concrete. Okay. I could probably get that done again. It wouldn't be you as a, you know, a person that's a professional concrete board come along and be like, man, you did so much of this wrong. <laughs> uh, so, for these for for contractors and service providers of, of, of this sort of nature like i would really encourage you to do some sort of video and post it youtube to you know whatever you feel like makes sense and where you think you're going to be to reach the people you're trying to talk to but explaining the ins and outs of how this stuff works to a regular person who may be looking at some point to expand their patio or something like that maybe you give a person like me that's a self-starter it's like oh well, i'll just go get some concrete and and, and do this thing my own self uh yeah you're probably gonna not make money off somebody like me necessarily if it's just a little small project but what you're demonstrating is your expertise here so yes. people who are looking for that sort of work are going to come to you first like because you have demonstrated your expertise you have helped them they understand more about how the process works because of you Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you don't serve their area, but then, you know, that's where, you know, referrals come in. That's, that's, that's a where a good network on LinkedIn would come into play. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, I think that's a good way to get them started. That's what I pretty much told them is to go register your domain. Uh, I said, and then go get G Suite. If you're already comfortable, or Google Workspace, if you're already comfortable with gmail then google workspace is going to be the easiest for you to learn and then his response was how much do you charge to do all that for me so <laughs> him and i are talking tomorrow but but it comes down to uh i i think you had a similar incident instance where it was how much do you charge to do this for for me because you didn't want to do it and you don't have the time to learn how to get that job done too for something unrelated no man no i don't no, i don't no i don't uh-uh. So. Uh, I mean, look, so everybody knows what we're talking about because it's, you know, so it's tax time and I need to get my taxes done. I needed to get things organized in a way because I, I wasn't as organized as I thought I was. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't intentionally neglecting things or just things I didn't know I needed to be doing that I should have been doing. Uh, here's where having a conversation with a bookkeeper or account early on can be helpful. Even if you're not hiring them full time to work on your stuff every every day or every month or whatever, sitting down and investing some money or time, depending on how that relationship develops and learning like what it is. Do I what do I need to know so that I don't, you know, drop myself in a pit of crap? Now, fortunately for me, I'm not in a terrible situation. I just really don't have the time to do the work that I mm. need to keep doing and get my books 
thick so I can just hand off the stuff to my tax preparer and be like, all right, there you go, do this thing, and we don't need to have any conversations about it, just get it done, right? Because you've got everything you need to have from me. Um, so yeah, sat down, talked to a bookkeeper pal and she was like, oh, well, this is easy. You just need to do this and do this. Okay. Like, so look, 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 I appreciate you wanting to teach me. I will absolutely learn this from you. But right now we're coming up on the middle of March. Uh, I got, uh, I got Alabama stuff due. I got taxes that need to be filed by the 15th. And also I have work I got to do, including some for you. So right. look, just do it and tell me how much it's going to cost me. Yeah. Do it and bill me. <laughs> uh, because this is her profession, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't know anything about bookkeeping. I, I understand enough. And here's a, another key thing, right? That, that I try to get people to understand whether you're a business owner or not. When you pay people to provide service for you, um, one, develop, try to find somebody if at all possible that, especially if it's a, a, a service based thing or, or something like that, like whether it's somebody coming to do construction work at your house or handle your taxes, they should be able to explain how this stuff works. Cause like the bookkeeper really calmed me down the other day. Cause I was like, man, geez, I got all, she's like, actually it's really not that difficult. Like you're overthinking it. You're overworking it. Uh, and yes, a lot of the crap on the internet is confusing. So here's what you really need to do. I was like, Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Right now she explained everything to me and I could have just went off. I'm like, all right, well, thank you. And went and done it myself. And probably made the tax deadline. I mean, we're still a month out. So I probably would have made that. Uh, I just didn't want to do it. Uh, But the thing is, like, she gave me enough knowledge that if I really had to do it myself because I had no way to pay this lady, then I could have done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that comes back to a thing that I've said for the longest time. If somebody cannot explain, you should understand what people are doing on your behalf because just because you pay somebody to do something. Ultimately, you are still responsible for whatever it is they produce. Um, And I learned that from watching a very old, I don't remember what it was now, but I I remember being a younger person. It was like probably the late 90s and seeing somebody that was in a whole bunch of trouble with their taxes, not because they were intentionally trying to evade taxes, but just because their account screwed them over. But you know who was on the hook for the end of that at the end of the day? Not the accountant. It was the guy who ran, ran the business. And that stuck with me to the point that I have told several people, you don't have to understand how to do taxes and how to file them, but you should understand what your accountant or your bookkeeper or your tax preparer is doing. Yeah. If they can't explain it to you, you need to fire them and get another person. I love it. Michael is exactly the same way. You know, Mike can explain to people what it is he can do and how to do a thing. He'll tell people. Mike does what I do. She <laughs> called him like, so I need to do this thing. So this is what you need to do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Usually the ultimate end of that conversation is how much would you charge me to just do it? Yep. <laughs> now, sometimes you get a person like, oh, okay, well, thanks. And then they go yep. off and they try to do it. And then they Which- call you back three months later when they effed it up in a lot of cases, uh, you know, because they just didn't have the expertise to get it done. Yeah. And and either way, if you're providing the value to the people, then eventually people will start coming to to you. And Demasi, it's funny we talk had this conversation. We're gonna wrap it up here in a moment. Thank you, Taylor, for hanging out with us this entire time. We missed you, Jeff. Taylor, how do I fix this VS code? <laughs> you, trying to use it. I'm really trying. You have Demasi's number. Text him, Taylor. Text him. I would say call him, but it's not gonna answer. Anyways, so uh, I'm going to re- well, hold on. Hold, 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 hold on. Hold, hold on. <laughs> He's hold not going to answer while we're recording. Uh, well, I'm not going to answer at all tonight because it's just going to go to voicemail because uh, sleep mode is enabled. So, ah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So you hung that out like, no, he's not going to ask you if you called him, Taylor. This is how that sounded to me. <laughs> that was not how that was intended to sound. I know. Uh, but uh, that's how yeah, it sounded. Yeah. Could have been taken that way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start recording some more videos and uh, probably sharing some some overview because what we've talked about today is something that probably you and I both need to start doing. And that is find some questions that people are asking, record videos to answer those questions, have a link to our website where people can go book an appointment to chat with us. So... You know, I was thinking that I was like, yeah, he's going to record some videos and tell people, how, you know, look, this is what you want to look. I was looking at a video. Um, uh, these these butcher guys were, were cutting up a, uh, I think they were cutting a quarter cow. Uh-huh. Uh, Might have been a half, but I think it was a quarter. But they went over like, you know, what you need to look for. You know, this is what you should get. Like, OK, so this right here weighs, you know, 300 and X amount of pounds. Well, first, when we age it for a little bit, you're going to lose. You know, we lost about eight pounds of water. Here's about how much weight of meat you should expect to get off a carcass this size. And it was like, you know, 260 pounds mm-hmm. where they started with like 390 or something. But basically, it kind of walked through and showed like I was like, huh, if I was going to get a cow cut, I would probably go try to talk to those guys. Right. Now, they're nowhere near me. But what I have gained from this is a better knowledge of how my butcher, if I find a butcher locally here, should be operating. And if he's not operating that way, I need to fire him and go find another butcher. And I think that's a good tip. Go find yourself a new butcher. <laughs> Hard times out here, man. Hard times, all I'm saying. <laughs> so let's wrap it up. I don't have any other tips to you. I think today uh, was full of tips. Yeah, it was kind of full of tips. I'm going to share a tip that just occurred to me as I was doing my sync to resync my iCloud uh, messages or my messages through iCloud. Number one, if you really have some super, super, terribly, highly confidential, super secret, top secret, nobody should ever see this uh, stuff in your... Uh, iCloud messages. Uh, well, first I would say probably you don't want to use Apple messages for that anyway. Uh, <laughs> but if you insist on doing so, uh, don't sync them through the cloud because you know it's a little bit easier to get the data out. <gasps> oh, 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 Demasi, I have to interrupt you. Guess who just showed up? Hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jeff, we was just talking all about the gravity forms. Gravity forms over here. <laughs> gravity whiz over there. Man, you missed the whole <laughs> you're gonna have to listen to the episode jeff there's a couple of pokes at you (laughs) man there was gravity forms down here you know drag and drop over here man (laughs) jeff you should have been here all right back to what you were talking about Uh, but a tip that occurred to me that I think I shared this with you, Michael, but if I didn't, I'm sharing it with you for the first time too. But if you used pin, if you use pin messages and you have your messages synced through the cloud so that you have the same messages pinned on the Mac as you have pinned on iOS, or I guess it doesn't matter if you're using pin messages on the Mac, command one through nine will take you to your pin messages in order so and they go in a grid so left to right so your first pin is on the top left your second one is top center your third one is top right etc you know so on uh so there's three by three you know three three way uh three grid row uh is what I'm trying to say. But command one through nine will move you through those pins. So like if I hit command four in messages, that automatically focuses and activates the message thread for Michael. And your pins sync when your messages finally come down. Yes. 
because all mine are now back. Yes. Mike sent me a message earlier, and like he was the only message in messages when I opened up messages on the Mac for the first time. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I got to do this whole sync thing. Yeah, yeah. So, alrighty. Well, before we lose internet again, see Jeff, you missed out on all that drama too. We lost internet for a couple moments. Although I will say, quick transparency: we had a total of thirteen people drop in on us. So. Well, cool. We appreciate everybody that took the time to listen. Yep. And Taylor. Oh, Jeff, just you left. missed the announcement of the end of the show too, man. And when it's over. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You Jeff, need to you go listen to DM ninety, Jeff, when it comes out on Tuesday. There's some valuable information in there. This is going to be an interesting edit. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I know. I know. I. 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 Sh- I I think when I lost the internet, I hit save and I have a download. If, if I'm missing anything, uh, then I'll just reach out to you for your audio hijack files, but I think we're good. So on that note, if you are enjoying this content and want us to stick around past episode 100, you can head on over to your own pay.com forward slash support and support the show, or we need more people to support the show. Just throwing that out there. Come on. You have some spare change. You can support the show. I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. We're not even making you sign up for a subscription. It's just like, hey, throw us a one-time donation. And we buy don't give you ads. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It. We don't even push crap. Like we, we know we talk about it and we talk about it, but we like we don't. We talk about it because we talk about it. We don't talk about it just to try to get you to go click on an affiliate link or a referral link or anything like that. So yeah, you know, you're on pay.com/support. If you have one an answer to how to fix this problem with VS Code, or you can tell me if the beta of VS Code fixes this, uh, um, you can tweet at him. He's at payon at, at p a y o w n. You can tweet at me too. I'm at Damasi d a m a s h e. Mention Michael because I probably won't see it. Uh, or you can mention the show, the DM series. Although if I get Twitter Rific reinstalled on a computer, then I'll probably see notifications. Why not does sure Twitter Rific have notifications on the Mac and I not on iOS? I do not know. That is, and I was just looking at Tweetbot. Tweetbot has added their own sort of kind of you know workaround push notifications deals. Not as as instantaneous as the Twitter application is because they're not using the same mechanism, but they've added push notifications. I was like, maybe I should take another look at Tweetbot on iOS. Cause there was I a do discussion miss- and I can give it to you. I'll find the email or the client, but apparently it has Twitter push notifications now too. And it's an alternative to Twitterific. It is $10, but you might already own it. Mm, depending on what it is, I might, uh, <laughs> but I mean, shit. Twitter Riffit wants 10 bucks a year or something like that. So, uh, yeah. anyways, anyhow, at the DM series. again, at the DM series is the show. I'm at Damasi, D A M A S H E. He's at Payon, P A Y O W N. Um, and show notes and a link to the support page can be found at your own pay.com forward slash DM 90. Which we still don't know how that redirect works. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Good point. But I ain't touching it. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.